Hello and welcome to our Reorg Europe podcast. My name is Luca Rossi and I'm a senior reporter here at Reorg. With me I have financial analyst Noor Sihur, Rob Sommers and senior reporter Jeshri Kalia. This week we will take a look at Belgium zinc smelter Nirstar, which deferred its coupon payments last week, as well as two UK companies, outsourcer Interserve, which has applied for administration, and retailer Debenhams, which is trying to negotiate a restructuring with creditors and shareholders. Nor, could you talk us through Nirstar? So Nairstar, which is a global multi-metals business specializing in zinc and lead, is currently in negotiations with its lenders regarding upcoming maturities. The company has a 340 million euro bond due in September, which it has failed to repay or refinance, considering most of the available liquidity is just for working capital only. As per the latest developments in the situation, Nairstar has decided to defer its coupon payments of 31.6 million euros on its 2019 and 2024 bonds, which were due on March 15th. Interesting. So what do you think uh, will happen now? So Nairstar has now entered a 30-day grace period as permitted under the bond documentations. Uh, This gives the company until April 15th before an event of default can be declared by the trustee. Under the terms of the 2019 and the 2024 bonds, note holders holding at least 25% of the principal amount can accelerate the bonds at the end of the grace period, which will declare them due, due and payable immediately. Moreover, the 115 million euros convertible bond due in 2022 has a cross default with a threshold of 25 million euros, which will be triggered at the end of the grace period as well. Interesting stuff. Is there anything else you would like to flag on the situation and how do you see it evolving? Yes, I think one thing that really stood out for me was that Nairstar said as a result of its restructuring, shareholders will face very significant dilution. This, in my view, hints towards a debt for equity swap, among other solutions, of course, such as a capital injection. The company is due to report its annual results on April 30th, alongside the results of its capital structure review. This is something that we'll definitely be keeping an eye on. Thanks, Noor. Jeshri, there has been noise about pre-pack insolvencies in the UK distressed space. Can you tell us more about this? Sure. Well, we saw British support services company Interserve and retailer Debenhams consider them last week. Now, a pre-pack administration is a speedy way to sell a distressed company or its assets to a new company, which in most cases would be the lenders or company's creditors. The process is designed to create a seamless transfer of assets and employees of the company, leaving behind debt in the previous structure. Now, there are some disadvantages to the process, such as transparency issues, because unsecured creditors are not normally consulted beforehand, and in some cases, inefficient companies do continue trading. Last week, Interserve rejected its largest shareholder Coltrane's deleveraging proposal, 
because the company said it wasn't in its interest. So Interserve stuck to its plan, which shareholders then blocked because they believed their recovery was insufficient. Interserve moved ahead with a prepack immediately, meaning the existing debt was wiped out with lenders taking over. The whole process was aggressive, but worked well for the company and its lenders. And what about uh, Debenhams, the retailer? Well, the department chain's case is different. Debenhams is pushing for a consensual deal with both its lenders and shareholders. But I think the company is unsure of Sports Direct founder Mike Ashley's motives. And the company is threatening a prepack sale if a consensual deal is not negotiated with its largest shareholder, Sports Direct. Things are changing on a daily basis, but it looks like a deal will be made and lenders will likely agree to fund a new money need conditioned on a CVA process running in parallel. And there probably will be an extension of company debt and maybe a debt haircut too. Thanks, Jayshree. Uh, Rob, you have been looking at Debenhams as well. Can you give us some background about the company's capital structure? Sure, Luca. The bulk of it consists of two tranches, a £320 million unsecured revolving credit facility that sits peri pursue with £200 million of senior unsecured notes. Recently, the company has taken on a small £40 million secured bridge facility and it is in negotiations for £150 million of additional facilities, part of which would be used to refinance the £40 million tranche. What's particularly notable is that most of the bank facilities are unsecured. Further, with about £360 million of total debt and £157 million of adjusted EBITDA as of the date of Debenhams' last report, the company only had 2.3 times of gross leverage. That's interesting, especially in light of the company's current difficulties. Uh, In your recent uh, waterfall analysis of Debenhams, what did you find out? Well, you end up with two very different scenarios. On the one hand, if the company is able to deliver on its promises, that is to close 50 UK stores, improve performance of the remainder of its estate, and cut costs, then EBITDA will stabilize and bondholders would be expected to recover at par. On the other hand, however, our downside case sees note holders recovering at 23%. This reflects continued poor performance, an inability to realize cost savings, and a liquidity squeeze. With the bonds currently trading at about 48, the market clearly has doubts about management's ability to meet its targets. Well, both the scenarios are very interesting, but how do you think this will play out? I think it's tricky. Investors in UK retail have been burned, with companies failing to deliver on their turnaround plans, and this has led to haircuts for bondholders. But while the UK department store space is facing obvious pressures, I don't believe that what we're witnessing is House of Fraser Mark II. For one, Debenhams EBITDA is larger and its total leverage is much lower. It's true that EBITDA has fallen over the past couple of years, but this has been driven by certain UK stores, and the company should be able to limit future losses through a CVA. Further, its foreign operations are doing well. It restructured its 11-store operation in Ireland in 2016, and its Danish stores, premium chain Magasin du Nord, are a sort of crown jewel. 
In fact, with Magazan generating about 28 million pounds of EBITDA over the last 12 months, a sale at a conservative seven times multiple would be enough to take out the bonds. So while the next few months are likely to be challenging, particularly from a liquidity perspective, if the company is able to muddle through while cutting costs and preserving cash, it could stabilize, which would in turn likely lead to tighter yields on its notes. Thanks, Rob. And thanks to everyone who listened to our podcast. You will hear back from us in two weeks' time. Ciao.